Good morning, Faith Covenant Church. My name is Kurt. I'm also one of the pastors here, and I want to add my welcome to you all this morning. I'm excited to be with you today because we get to launch a new sermon series that we are calling Emerge. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be walking through the first eight chapters of the book of Acts as we explore the story of the emergence of the church following the resurrection of Jesus. Not only is this the next step in the biblical story of Jesus and his disciples after Jesus emerged from the tomb on that Easter Sunday morning, but in this season of waiting and wondering for us, as we watch the news and we wonder what's coming next and when our lives can go back to some semblance of whatever we're going to be calling normal, uh, our staff and our leadership team have been talking and praying, uh, we've been planning, uh, and we've been wondering, right along with you, uh, what does the future hold for us, for us as a church, for us as uh, individuals and families, uh, for our community and for our world? We're asking questions like, what will emerge in our church as a result of having gone through this virus pandemic? And our growing conviction as we talk, when we hear uh, from one another that whatever is coming, we will not be going back completely to the way things were. Not only because this virus has so completely disrupted our lives and our world, but because we believe that we are now being presented with new opportunities for us to live out our mission and, and vision as a church in brand new ways. So in the same way, we need to be asking ourselves, what is emerging in me in this season? What, what is emerging for us in our lives as we uh, seek to entrust ourselves to God and to be guided by his spirit? And we believe that there is help and there is hope and there is guidance for us in God's word. And so as we explore how the early church emerged following the resurrection of Jesus, we hope that there might be some insight for us as we imagine how we will emerge from this difficult season in our lives. If you look up the definition for the word emerge, you'll see a variety of different ways that that word is used. Uh, first of all, it can mean to come to light or to come into view. Uh, to become apparent or become important or to become known. A new understanding emerges in our lives. Or, or another way to understand the word emerge could be to come forth or to come out of. A baby chick uh, comes out of an egg and emerges into new life in the world. Or a butterfly comes forth and, and breaks out and emerges from the chrysalis into its new form. A third way that uh, the definition of emerge can be used is to recover from or survive a difficult or a demanding situation. Hopefully soon we can say that the economy will emerge uh, from a recession. In the days ahead, as we anticipate this stay-at-home order being lifted, and, and as we, like butterflies coming out of the cocoon, emerge from our homes, hopefully into um, some normalcy in life, uh, and we seek to establish what the new normal will be, how can we be attentive to and aware of the new things that the Lord is wanting to do in and through us as his church? 
As we launch into this new series today, I want to invite us all to consider the words of the Apostle Paul from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, where he's quoting the Old Testament prophet Isaiah, saying, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no human mind has conceived the things God has prepared for those who love him. Let me read that one more time. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no human mind has conceived the things God has prepared for those who love him. So with those words and in that spirit, I invite you to pray with me as we step into this new series called Emerge. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you that in dark and difficult times, we can put our hope and our trust in you. And even as Jesus emerged from that tomb on that Easter Sunday morning and turned the world upside down, God, we pray that you would allow us, through the power of your spirit, to emerge from this season in our life with a whole new perspective on how you want to call us and use us to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. God, speak to us through your word this morning and, and speak through your spirit, that word that each of us need to hear as a word to us. And we will respond with gratitude and thankfulness and step out in obedience to follow you as Jesus' disciples. We ask this in his name. Amen. As Jesus began to meet with his disciples after he rose from the dead, we are familiar that, that he met with them and he gave them what we now call the Great Commission. Uh, in Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, it tells us that Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The mission of the church of Jesus Christ remains the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Jesus' call to go into the world in his name, to share the good news message of salvation through Jesus Christ alone, continues to be the mission that we seek to live into as his church, as his disciples empowered by the spiritual authority that Jesus brings and the presence of the power of Christ's spirit in our lives, we are called to be the hands and feet and the messengers, the witnesses of Jesus in the world. But in every age and in every season, the vision for what the church might look like changes based on the needs of the community to which we are called. So some questions that, that we're asking in this season. Is it possible that we have entered into a new time of reformation in the church? Is our experience of this global pandemic not simply a standalone, one-off experience in our lives, but something that God will use to further the reach and the impact of the kingdom of God in the world? And if so, how do we not only begin to discern the movement of God's spirit in the church, but prepare ourselves to become a part of the new thing that God might be doing in our midst? We're going to be exploring these and other questions as we read the story of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles over the next few weeks. And today we're going to kick it off with chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 1 through 11. 
It starts off in verse 1 by saying, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. And, and we now know that, that the author of the Gospel of Luke picked up the story of Luke in, in the book of Acts. And so you can almost look at Acts and Luke as, as a combo series together. And it says that he, he wrote about the life of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke until the day that he was taken up to heaven. And after having given instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. Do not leave, uh, excuse me, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking up into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go to heaven. Now, in the Gospel of Matthew, as we read a minute ago, we see Jesus commissioning his disciples by commanding them to go, to go into the world, to make disciples, to baptize them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, to teach them everything that Jesus had commanded him. But here, in the book of Acts, we get a bit broader view of this conversation that Jesus had with his disciples immediately following his resurrection and before he ascended into heaven. These disciples knew what their mission was. They knew that he had called them to go into the world. They had heard the call of Jesus to become his witnesses. But here in Acts, we get to see more clearly that Jesus' initial strategy for the fulfillment of that mission had a different starting point than the word go. Right? The first step that Jesus introduces to his disciples here isn't the word go, but the word wait. Wait for the gift my father promised. Wait for the gift. Now, I'd like to spend our time this morning talking about three aspects of this gift that Jesus invites his disciples to wait for. The, the first one is that Jesus is essentially saying, wait for the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, this isn't a, a passive waiting. This is a, an active waiting, like a, a watchman in the night who, who's actively waiting for the dawn to come. Jesus tells his disciples to wait for the Holy Spirit, to watch for the Holy Spirit. And watching for the Spirit involves paying attention and, and being aware to actively seek God's presence and God's guidance in our life. And in many ways, that's what our, our whole soul care series was all about. F 
finding ways to, to wait actively, to engage with God, to, to hear from God's word and to hear from God's spirit. And, and I'm so grateful for the ways that Linda Randolph has continued to guide us in our soul care exercises through our weekly What's Happening new newsletter and the ways that we can continue to actively wait for God's spirit in our lives. Jesus says, wait for the gift my father promised. You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, if you think about baptism, right, as we go under the water in baptism, we're symbolically being buried with Jesus in his death. And when we are brought up and we emerge out of the water, we, we are symbolically being raised to newness of life in him. And yet, baptism isn't just a one-time experience for the Christian believer. Baptism is, is the recurring symbol of the Christian life that he calls us to live in the power of the Spirit. It's, it's the cycle of death and rebirth that Christ is working in us. Jesus' own death and resurrection was the once and for all gift that, that he gave us to, to save us from our sins and to ensure that we can go to live in eternity in heaven with him that's the once and for all gift but but baptism becomes our living out that model of sacrificial life learning to trust in god's power to bring life out of death in our own lives as we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, there are times throughout our lives when we experience the ending of one season and the beginning of a new season. Sometimes these might be challenging, but, but not all that traumatic to us. There, there are things that we go through, and we understand that those times come where, where some things come to an end and a new thing begins. But other times, those times can be so extremely traumatic to us that it feels like a death and a rebirth. And I know from hearing stories from some of you and through conversations that I've had that some of you are in a season like that right now in your life. And it feels like you're dying on the inside. Our nation and our world in some ways might be in a season like that right now. And we may wonder, when will such a, a traumatic season end? And can we endure the pain and the difficulty uh, until it's over? And how long will we have to wait? In our wondering, Jesus reminds us that, re that the reality is that we don't know the times and the dates in verse 7, he said, it's not for you to know the times and the dates that the Father has sent, but to trust in God's goodness and his desire to care for you and to wait for the gift that he has promised you. We don't need to worry about the timing and the dates and when this will end. We don't even need to worry about when history will end and when Jesus will come back again. What we need to do is we need to pay attention to Jesus' invitation to wait for the gift, the promise of his spirit, the gift of his presence, and the gift of his power to do what he's called us to do. Jesus clearly says in this passage to his disciples, wait for the gift my father promised. The second thing I'd like to call out for us is that I think indirectly in this passage, Jesus is inviting us to wait for the gift of one another. Don't wait alone, wait 
together. If you go through this passages, all of the you statements that Jesus uses are plural yous. You all will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You all will receive power. You all will be my witnesses. You see, with the gift of the Holy Spirit, we are also given the gift of Christian community. Through the presence and the power of God's Spirit, we are together formed into the body of Christ, the Bible tells us. The hands and feet of Jesus in the world. Paul, in 1 Corinthians 12, 12, tells us, Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. So it is for Christians. So it is for us. As you are waiting for the gift that the Father promised. Who are you being invited to join in waiting with? Maybe it's somebody from our church who, who needs somebody to come alongside them, to, to be an encouragement, to, to wait with them, and to seek God's presence and to discern the voice of the Spirit in their life. Or maybe it's somebody in your network of relationships or, or in your neighborhood. How might God be inviting us to see that part of the gift that the Father has promised is the gift of one another? And that as we become intentional about reaching out to invest our lives in, in maybe just one other specific person, we can discover the gift of God's Spirit in and through that relationship that we are called to live as we wait together. Who might God be inviting you to invest in in this season as a way of discovering the gift of His Spirit in your life? And then thirdly, Jesus says, wait for power. Wait for power. If you wait for the gift my Father promised, know, he says, that in verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And sometimes I think as Christians, we can feel overwhelmed by this calling to save the whole world. But you know, Jesus never calls us to save the world. That's his job. He simply calls us to witness to what he has done. I remember a story uh, that uh, my dad shared in a, at a midwinter pastor's conference years ago. There was a number of years while he was still active in ministry before he retired when I was also in ministry and we had that chance to go to a couple midwinters together. And there was one time where we were gathered with a bunch of other younger pastors and my dad was kind of the oldest senior pastor in the room, right? And there was a bunch of younger pastors gathered around having kind of this round table discussion. And, and this one young guy was kind of hurt and um, kind of lashed out, I would almost say, at my dad as, as an older generation pastor because he said, you know, I really feel like the older generation has let us down. They, and no one has reached out to me to, to mentor me. No one has given me advice on how to move into this life of ministry that I feel called to. So, so you, my dad's name is Bill. Bill, as, as, a, as a person who's coming to the end of your life in ministry, what would you give me as advice for a young pastor just starting out? And I remember my dad paused. And he thought for a minute. And after reflecting back on an entire lifetime of ministry, he said, you know, the best advice I can give you is to remember that it's not about what God wants you to do for him. 
It's about what God wants to do in you. And when you allow God to do what he wants to do in you, the resulting ministry of your life will be the result of the overflow of the power of the Spirit at work in your life. Wow. What a great lesson for that young pastor. And what a great lesson for me to be able to listen to, to his response as his son and to take that to heart in my own life. What a great lesson for all of us as Jesus invites his disciples and us through the story of Acts to wait for the gift that the Father has promised. Maybe we can take Jesus' cue here to say that it's not so much about what I'm asking you to do for me as it is about what I'm wanting to do in you. Wait for the gift the Father has promised. Jesus calls you and I to go into all the world and to make disciples of all nations, to baptize them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. But the way that we do that is simply by allowing Jesus to do his transforming work in us. And then we just tell the story of how good God has been to you and to me. I love the exchange that the disciples have with the two surprising angels that appear on the scene, right? Jesus ascends to heaven and he disappears into the clouds and you can just imagine them all standing there. Where'd he go? Is he coming back? What's happening? And all of a sudden two angels appear. Men of Galilee, why are you standing there looking up in the sky? This Jesus is coming back in the same way that he departed, but it's not going to do any good standing around here waiting for him to come back now. How many times do we as Christians, uh, in a, maybe a metaphorical way, spend our lives waiting for Jesus to come back by standing around, looking up to heaven and looking at the sky, wondering, when is he going to come back? And this is taking so long. And we miss the gift that the Father has promised. That is his gift of his presence and his spirit and his power to help us to live this life now. Because Jesus said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We're waiting for Jesus to return. And we know that he's coming again. And so we can, we can bank our lives on the fact that this world is not all that there is. And, and that we are only pilgrims on a journey passing through. But when Jesus comes back, we know that, that because he's alive, he has the power to make everything right. To bring healing to, to the brokenness of our lives. And to make everything good again. But in our waiting, we're not simply standing idle, staring at the sky, wondering when it's all going to happen. Jesus invites us to be actively waiting for the gift that the Father promised. So what about you this morning? What are you waiting for in your life? Are you waiting for the stay-at-home order to be lifted so that somehow you can hope that life can go back to normal? Maybe you're waiting for your income to return because you've been laid off or your hours have been cut and you're not sure how you're going to make ends meet during this time. 
Maybe you're struggling with health issues or you even contracted the COVID-19 virus and you're, you're waiting for health and wholeness to return. Maybe this time of quarantine and an intense time together has uh, revealed cracks in your marriage or in your family relationships, and you're waiting for, for some healing and wholeness to figure out how do we, how do we get back to some stability and, and loving relationship in our lives together. Maybe through all of this, you've uh, struggled with some depression, and you're waiting for just the weightiness of this time to be lifted and finding a way to get, get renewed energy and momentum to just go about doing the daily tasks of life. I believe that Jesus was keenly aware of the promises of God in the Old Testament when he invited his disciples to wait for the gift that the Father promised. The words of Isaiah 40, 31 tell us, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like wings, on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. People of faith covenant church, friends, family around the country, those visiting with us this morning, I invite you to join us in the weeks ahead, in this new series that we're calling Emerge. As we walk through the first eight chapters of the book of Acts and as we explore the story of the emergence of the church following the resurrection of Jesus, what will emerge in our church as, as a result of having gone through this difficult time? What will emerge in me? What will emerge in you? What will emerge in our lives together as we entrust ourselves to God and we seek the power of his spirit at work in our lives? Is it possible that we have entered into a time of reformation in the church? Is our experience of this global pandemic not just a, a one-and-done experience, but, but something God might use to further, further catalyze the growth and the transformation of the mission of the church in the world today? And if so, how do we not only begin to discern the movement of God's Spirit in His church, but prepare ourselves to become a part of the mission of God's love to a lost and hurting world? When Jesus emerged from the tomb, He turned the world upside down. The lifestyle of his disciples was completely transformed. The church began to spread even in the midst of and sometimes because of difficult circumstances like we're in today. And still for us today, like Lazarus out of the tomb, the living Lord calls us to come forth, to rise from death to newness of life. So no matter what you are going through today, no ma matter what we are experiencing as a culture, as a community, and as a world, Jesus says, wait for the gift that the Father has promised. You will receive power when the Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. We belong to the Lord and to one another. Let us believe in the promise of God today so that we may become in this time everything God has called us to be together. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Holy God, we pray that your spirit will birth a new thing in us, in our church, in our nation, and in our world. 
God, we seek the gift that you have promised, the power of your spirit in our lives. And, and in that process, we ask that you will do a work in us so that we will see your church emerge from this crisis time with a whole new sense of the vision that you have called us to go into the world and make disciples in your name. God, bring your healing and your wholeness in us. Transform us from the inside out so that whatever we are able to do for you and for your kingdom comes not because of what we are able to do in our own strength, but becomes as the result of the overflow and the outpouring of your work and of healing and love and grace in our lives. And we will praise you and thank you through Jesus Christ our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen.